Oh, sweet Emma May. Don't you guys love that name? It is the cutest thing ever. And she fits it so well. Emma is a gem, you guys. She is so authentic and honest and just an all-around pleasant, lovely, and wise woman to talk to. And this episode has been a long time coming for the Living Easy Podcast, and it's for all of my single and engaged friends. If you are not in this season right now, would you consider sending the episode to one friend, family member, or daughter who is? It might be a great blessing to them. And it might also bless you to listen and to learn so that you can speak into and pour into the lives of other women who might need your wisdom. In this conversation, Emma and I talk about red flags in dating and how to know when you found the right person for you. We are sharing biblical truth and our thoughts on sexual purity and living together while you're dating or engaged, as well as the very important difference between temptation and sin. Emma shares about why premarital counseling was so impactful for her, how she and her husband met, and we both give our number one tips when preparing for a wedding that you do not want to miss. I hope that this conversation blesses and encourages your hearts. If you're new to the Living Easy podcast, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here. And on this podcast, I speak candidly about Christianity and sex, marriage, theology, Bible study, friendships, and real life with raw honesty that is intended to both convict and encourage your heart. I would be so honored if you would take a second to subscribe and listen to a few episodes that you haven't heard before after you finish this one. And if you do enjoy this conversation, make sure to check out episode number 42, Singleness Isn't a Disease, How God is Working in Your Waiting with Kate Warman. Episode 65, My Personal Dating Stories, The Dangers of Settling While Dating. Episode 30, My Honest Testimony and My Full Story, The Nitty Gritty and All. And Sex and Christianity Series Episode 3, You Can Be Single and Sexual. Follow along with me and my husband on Instagram at Living Easy with Lindsay. And if you haven't had a chance, it would be so, so awesome if you could give a quick rating and review. It's always such a joy to hear your thoughts and your feedback on the show and also helps me to get amazing guests like Emma back on the podcast. So I love you guys. I hope you enjoy this conversation. I hope you get a chance to check out Emma and her Instagram as well because she is such a joy. So let's jump into today's episode. We were never promised that life would be easy, but when we do it together, it becomes much easier. I genuinely believe that we have to be intentional about creating a joyful life. I believe in happy parenting, healthy marriages, long-lasting friendships, and making perfect memories in imperfect homes. But those things require deep, holy heart work. I am passionate when it comes to sharing vulnerably about the things that people are not always comfortable discussing, and I am passionate about sharing practical wisdom that has helped me to help you navigate through life less stressfully and more purposefully. On the Living Easy Podcast, you'll hear honest insight with a biblical foundation to help you become best friends with your spouse again, to love your motherhood so much that you don't need wine or even coffee to get through the day and to find hope in the very real trials and pain that we face moment to moment. I want to challenge you every Monday to live life with purpose, to choose joy, and to honor God with all that you do. Are you ready to fight hard for that sweet, abundant life? If so, I would love to do it together. So grab a cup of coffee and join me every Monday. 
I'm Lindsay Maestas, and this is the Living Easy Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Living Easy Podcast. This is Lindsay, and today I am here with my sweet friend, Emma May. Hey, Emma May, how are you? Hey there. I'm so good. I'm so grateful to have this conversation with you because it's just a joy. I love talking with you so much. And I I hope that this conversation, although it blesses me, I hope it's used to bless a lot of other people too. Oh, it will. Oh my gosh. Okay, you guys. So I was on Emma's podcast, the Have You Heard podcast, and I just loved her spirit and her joy and authenticity so much. I was just telling her that I like kept thinking about her and how refreshing her spirit was to me. And so I knew you guys would love her as well. Emma is, yes, she's the host of the Have You Heard podcast. She's a speaker and she's a writer. She shares the word of God on social media and she just recently got married. Okay. So Emma, tell me a little bit about how you got here doing the things that you're doing and sharing God's word. And then also your journey into getting married and when you got married. I honestly never knew that I would be where I'm at, but I love that because you can't talk about your life. You can't talk about where you've come from or where you are without talking about the Lord because truly apart from Him, it makes no sense at all. Like there's this Psalm, I want to say it's Psalm 124 or something. I could be wrong on that, but it's a psalm that says, "Like let Israel say, if it had not been for the Lord, we would have been crushed by our enemies. Like all of these things would have happened." And I truly think of my life in that sense. Like if it had not been for the Lord, it makes no sense that I I would be where I'm at. And I believe that no matter what your upbringing is, no matter what family you grew up in, there comes a point in time where you. Like you will give an account for the life that you lived and why you lived it. And so even if you grew up in a home as I did, where like praying and singing to the Lord and talking about the Lord and like being a part of a local church body is like your norm. Like there comes a point where I had to take genuine ownership of what do I believe and um, why do I believe it? And uh, is that going to be like the why behind why I'm living my life? So well, that happened around 14 years old, whenever I, I just told the Lord, like, I just want to know you. My dad actually said, Emma, when Jesus comes back, I'm not going to be there with you holding your hand. It's just going to be you and him. And he's either going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant, or depart from me for I never knew you. And it was in that moment, I just, I told the Lord, I remember sitting on my bed and I'll share this because it's a really sweet full circle, but after my dad said that he left my room and I was sitting on my bed and I opened up just the introduction of a devotional book and it was talking about the God girl and how the God girl wakes up before the rest of the world does just to listen to what her father wants to tell her. And I, in that moment, just told God, I just wanted to know him. That's all I wanted. And it's so crazy I get to probably spend the next two hours talking about just every step of the journey <laughs> and, and how doors opened up and things happened. But when I was in high school, the Lord opened up a door for me to to start writing books. And so I I wrote a devotional book when I was in high school. And it's just so cool because I'm like, wow, it ended up not getting published till being in college. But it's just really cool how who knows that there, there's a 14-year-old girl sitting on her bed and 
was in a similar position as me, and she happens to open up that devotional book and is encouraged to know the Lord too. And I feel like that's just an umbrella type of theme for how I got to where I'm at is I never planned on having a big platform or having a bunch of people know my name. I just, I knew the Lord and wanted to know Him more, and I wanted to help other people know Him too, because that's the game changer. And then with that heart, the Lord does crazy things. (laughs) Yeah. I will say really quickly how interesting it is to speak with somebody who lived a teenage life so different than mine. My testimony obviously is very, very different. And it just really encourages me, honestly, to hear from girls who who were living a pure life for Jesus because it gives me hope for my boys. I think a lot of the time I get stuck in the lie that because I lived the life I lived— and this is something I've been battling a lot recently, but because I lived so such a promiscuous, rebellious life that my boys are going to do the same thing. But it just gives me hope to see that sharing the gospel in my home and loving my husband the way that I do and him loving me the way he does will set an example for them that maybe was a lot different than the example that I had. So it just encourages me because I can't even imagine sitting and writing a devotional at age in high school. <laughs> I mean, I wish I wish that were my story, but I know that God has used my story. And so it's just a blessing. And also congratulations because I know it takes a lot of hard work. Writing a book is no easy task. Growing a platform is no easy task, but also it's just so cool to see the humility in your heart in spite of all of it that you're giving praise to God in what He's done in you. And so that's just really encouraging. So tell me a little bit about meeting Josh and what that journey was. So that's actually really fun to talk about. I never get tired of talking about this. <laughs> so I grew up moving a lot and Josh lived in Arkansas pretty much his whole life. And I moved to Arkansas 10th grade year of high school. And we lived three minutes down the road from each other, but never knew it. Like he went to a private Christian school. I went to a public high school, but we like had acquaintances who knew each other, but I never, I never knew him, never knew, even knew his name. And which is really funny because his dad is a pastor of a church that I like went and spoke to a small group of girls there. And Josh just happened to not be at youth group that night. Like there were so many occurrences throughout like 10th through senior year of high school that we could have met, but it's so, it's so powerful to see how God is so sovereign in his timing. And he's so protective. Like Josh was, kind of like how we're talking about our stories being different. Mine and Josh's story are very different. Josh tells me that, Emma, if we would have started dating in high school, I would have really hurt you. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just so sweet to see how God is so, he's such a God of preparation. And we didn't meet till senior year of high school. And it was after Josh had followed me on Instagram and I didn't know it. But because of that, he saw I was going to be going to Liberty University. And because my high school was so big, people from other schools would go to our dances. And so at homecoming senior year, Josh saw me and he came up to me and was like, Hey, like I'm thinking of going to Liberty too. And that was about a year later. Cause now it, we're going into freshman year of college and he ended up going to Liberty. We had gotten coffee a couple of times. Cause it's like, who else is going to college 16 hours from home? 
So he was somebody I knew. And so we kind of just established a friendship and then hung out a lot the fall semester of freshman year of college. And I could go into so many details because I, you will soon find, I love details. Um, But we started dating (laughs) freshman year of college and now senior year of college, we're married, which is absolutely crazy. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I never thought. I'm so happy. I never thought. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, so what is your, because Jesse and I, we got married young. Did you hear a lot of commentary about getting married at the age that you are still being in college? And if so, how did that make you feel and how did you respond? That's a great question. We got a couple of comments on Instagram, you know, just the like, whoa, why are you getting married so young? What's it like getting married so young? Which I think is interesting because... I think that there's some cultural foundations that come from that question because, I mean, my grandparents got married in their teens and my mom and dad got married when they were 19 and 20 and where you live in the world and the generation that you're currently in, all of that you have to acknowledge plays a role into what you think young is in getting married and the times are different. So that definitely was a thing. But I think what was really encouraging is not everybody is supposed to get married in college. Like that's why it's so important to seek the Lord in prayer and to have people who you trust and who love you enough to tell you the truth, to speak into your life and give you advice. And like, so me and Josh prayed about that as to like, okay, what does this look like? And for us, we had, we had peace that, yep, financially and just in peace from the Lord and in people rallying around us, giving us a thumbs up, it makes sense. And so I think although we had other opinions coming to us, the fact that our inner circle and our like where we were at with the Lord and with each other, we knew it was right. So no amount of opinions from people who didn't personally know us could change our mind, if that makes sense. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> As you mentioned, I think with the the cultural context of it is that my question was always like, well, what's the alternative? You know, I'm not planning to go and be with m- multiple people and like try things out. You know, I have, I had already dated in high school, but I knew that Jesse was my husband. Like I knew pretty quickly after we started dating. And I think that it is a lot the mindset is often, well, you need to like explore. And I agree. I do think that knowing personalities and knowing who fits you is is a good thing. But I also think that we are created for one spouse, God says man and woman, to come together and to be married. And while scripture does warn, which I want to talk to you a little bit about, about how it can affect your faith life um, and it can affect your relationship with God once you get married, that it is a beautiful gift and it is a ministry and something that reflects our relationship with Jesus once we get married. So I think a lot of it is the worldly perspective of, oh my gosh, you're so young. You need to explore and you need, but for us, it was like, no, I want to live life with this person. I want to like grow up with this person. I want them to know my ins and outs and to just appreciate one another and grow together with Jesus and build a family rather than like living like the world, because then there's a whole lot of heartache and there's a whole lot of pieces of your heart that are given away to other people in that way. So I just love that. And I love that you said the opinions of others that they can throw out didn't rock you because when you do have that community and that solid foundation of people surrounding you, 
it's pretty wonderful how I think supported you can feel and encouraged you can feel. Yes. I have like a little nugget that just came to my mind. I had to share. It's like so aligning with what you said. I don't know if you know Tim Tebow and Demi Tebow. Yes. I adore them. I was at a conference recently where Demi made a statement that is just so simple, but it's like one of those things you don't forget. She said that anybody and everybody can speak about your life, but you get to decide who speaks into your life. And I think that that really plays a role into the situation that there will be a lot of a lot of opinions spoken about your life, and like you can't stop that, but you can control who speaks into it and determines like whether or not you make a shift. So good. So let's talk a little bit about what I had mentioned. My heart with this episode is I get so many questions about being engaged and dating and preparation for marriage, and I feel a little almost disconnected from that season because we've been married for almost 10 years. And while I could tell you detail for detail, our like dating story and all of that, I feel like I am just eager to hear from you in a new season of marriage. You've been married for how long? For a little under three months. Yes. Okay. So it is so fresh and so sweet. So can you talk a little bit about that maybe push and pull of the faith struggle. And what I mean by that is how we can become very distracted by our spouse, by the excitement of it all and the beauty of it all. All of those things are good things, but they can also pull us from God, the God thing, the ultimate thing, because we have that distraction in our lives. And so can you please share how your relationship with Jesus has been impacted maybe in the good ways and the bad ways with the distraction, as the Bible describes it, of marriage and what that has looked like for you and Josh? Yes. So I actually have a couple of things to share. The first thing, and it was like on my heart really early on, which is kind of funny because I'm still really early on, but I mean like really early, like a few weeks. And I noticed something about there was like a consistent thread between being single to dating to engagement and to marriage. And that was that Psalm 23, one says in the Lord, you lack no good thing. I lack no good thing. And I think sometimes whenever we're single, we think like, oh, a deeper level of contentment is going to be found once I get, once I'm dating or, oh my goodness, if I could just be engaged, then there will be like just so much excitement, so much joy in my life. Oh, if I could just be married, then there will be this depth of fulfillment that I've like, that I'm missing right now because I'm not there. And I'm now married and I've been through the single dating and engaged. I knew this, but it's just sweet when you're actually in the season and you can declare it standing in that season that, wow, there was not a single season that my contentment didn't come from the Lord. And if anything, in marriage, I'm even more aware of how much I desperately need Jesus and how in bad of a position I am in if I am not walking in complete dependence on Him because it's only in Him that I lack no good thing. With a man or without a man by my side, it's only Jesus who brings contentment. It was a different scenario whenever Paul said, like, I've learned the secret of being content because he was talking about having little or having much, which being single is not having little and being married is not having much or vice versa. But whether I'm single or married, in the words of Paul, 
I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And that's the secret of contentment. And so if anything, like being married has only deepened my gratitude for God's presence in my life because I'm even more aware of how much I need him, that I can't, I can't live the life that he's called me to live if I'm not walking in dependency on him. And that the same in marriage. So that is one thing that I would say is just the Lord brings contentment and me being married doesn't mean that I no longer have to depend on him as much. I need him just as much now as I did when I was single. And if anything, I'm more aware of it. More. This, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. And I think the second thing is honestly, I have grown in my walk with the Lord through being beside Josh and through getting married. And I I say that with so much confidence because I'm experiencing it. I think sometimes I can really easily have this standard of perfection on myself and the Lord in his patience and kindness has been giving me an understanding of grace as he knows that I need. Um, But he's done that majorly through marriage as I'm even more aware of how much I'm not perfect and I don't have it all together. And every day doesn't go super swimmingly, but yet Josh is still here. Like he's still committed. He still loves me. He still chooses me every day. And even when I give him reason not to, he's faithful. And so it's only being married for me personally has really deepened my relationship with God to know that he's faithful to me, even when I give him reason not to. He continues to choose me. And and it's just giving me an understanding of grace that that I'm just so thankful for. And so I'm sure that as we walk through marriage, I'll experience more ways of how my faith is stretched and deepened and challenged. But that's currently where I'm at right now is God's really giving me a deepened understanding of grace as I walk as a wife. <laughs> I love that so much. And I I love that you see the good. And I think that we need to continue focusing on the excellent and the lovely and the good, especially in our current climate in our world right now, because it can be very easy to have a different tone in the way that you're expressing that. But you're seeing it as yes, I'm a perfectionist, but that doesn't mean I'm a failure. And my husband is seeing me in the light of my vulnerability and brokenness and all of those things. You're saying, no, instead, I am seeing the goodness of God through Josh. I am seeing the grace of God through Josh. And I think so much of how we live and what we do and how we experience the Lord is also how we perceive the people around us. And I just am encouraged by your heart and the way that you're seeing your new husband and the way that you can grow and evaluating your own heart in the areas that you are willing to grow in based on seeing the goodness of somebody next to you. And I'm sure that Josh is doing the same and feeling encouraged and blessed by your life as well. And so I want to backtrack a little bit to your dating time and engaged time. One of the most common questions I receive from women is I am already engaged. Why can I not sleep with him biblically? You know, and so I have that conversation. And if you all haven't heard on my dating stories episode, you guys can find that one. And I talk a lot about this, but I would love to hear from you if you're willing to share and you're comfortable what that sexual temptation looked like for you and how you navigated through before marriage. One word that comes to mind is communicate. Like communicate, communicate, communicate. (laughs) 
on our very first date, and I say first date, we went on other dates just getting to know each other. But like on the date where Josh asked me to be his girlfriend, he asked me to be his girlfriend and I said yes. And then he said, okay, these are my physical boundaries. Like that was the immediate next conversation. And that set the tone for dating and it set the tone for engagement. And of course, like we, we've never really done a video of like, these were our specific boundaries because convictions are different. Of course, the Lord says like sex is for a man and a woman within the covenant of marriage. And like, instead of asking the question, how far is too far? Ask what honors God? What glorifies the Lord? What, what is of a pure heart? And so that's really the question that we went that we continue to seek to answer rather than like, what is our boundary? It was, yes, we're establishing these boundaries with the heart of what brings honor to the Lord, not how far can we get. And that— To satisfy ourselves. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And that could only happen with communication. Like, you have to talk about things because one day looks different than another day. And that was, I, I think, just would be such a big encouragement that I would give to girls is, like you have to talk to your person about how how you're doing how like maybe this boundary was appropriate for last week but hey this week it's not it's just mm-hmm. not working and so mm-hmm. and it, and you can't expect there to be accurate mind reading and so that was something that in addition to like the specific boundaries me and Josh set a boundary that was consistent along with just not having sex before we got married, a boundary that was consistent throughout our entire dating and engagement time was that we had very open communication. And that was so helpful because it really created a safe space to be vulnerable and to be honest. And then whenever that risk of vulnerability was taken about how something was really going on, it created trust of like, oh, okay, this was, I wasn't rejected because I'm feeling this way. It was welcomed. So it really just established this place of safety where we could be honest with each other and we could trust each other with how things were really going as we continue to seek to honor the Lord in that way, because the temptation is real. And I think also understanding that I'm not sinning when I'm being tempted. <laughs> that's yes, huge. That's like, really it's good. Not a tem- it's not a sin to be tempted. It means that spiritual warfare is real. So that clearly just means that we live in a broken world. It's how I respond to the temptation that determines whether or not I am sinning. And I think that that's just a great encouragement Mm -hmm. to know. And I could go into that so much more, but those were two really, I guess, three really big things that helped Josh and I was establishing. We're not asking the question, how far can we go? We're asking the question, what honors God? We have to be intentional to communicate all the time, like honestly with each other. And understanding that we're not sinning because we're being tempted. That's just reality. (laughs) That's just how it is. How are we responding to that temptation? And something else too, which I feel like is also a common thread. We had our people. Like I would call my mom and say, mom, like, what did you do? Or mom, like, is this normal? I had never really had a boyfriend before. Like, so everything was, Josh was so new. I had never like reached out to hold someone's hand before. I had like never, like it was all so unfamiliar to me. And so I also just had 
like those people that I could reach out to and ask questions and Mm -hmm. make sure me and Josh were in the clear because it's important to have people who love you and are looking from the outside in who can speak into it. Sometimes it's different when you're in it and you may not see it the way that you need to. So having your people is also crucial. Oh my goodness. As you speak, it takes me back to our dating days. Jesse had a roommate and we were all friends and we got to a point where we realized we cannot be alone together. Like we just can't even, we have to have someone around us at all times, <laughs> which is a good thing that that attraction was there. And I just, yeah. I love that you're saying that, Emma, because I think it gives freedom. And Jesse has talked openly about this in the past, but he struggled with pornography when he was younger and kind of walked through that. And during our dating, he kind of battled with it and I found it and it was not a fun experience at all. But a pastor told us, he said, you know, the desire for your wife, like it's because you and Lindsay are remaining pure, that temptation remains, but you're just, you're living it out in a different way. And he said, the desire for your future wife is a good thing. That that sexual temptation is a sweet thing within marriage because you have that physical connection. Sex is a gift from God that he's created. It is just the patience. And exactly like you said, it is waiting and it is knowing that it is not punishment from God to have to wait, that it is protection. And I've shared in the past that I almost got engaged to someone else and God very much protected me from that. It's kind of a long story. That's in my dating story as well, but it was very messy. I was very confused. And the people speaking into my life that I trusted were actually confusing me more And so I just cried out to God and I was like, Lord, I don't know what direction to go. Help me. But we were at a point where we were talking about marriage and had I given my body away to him thinking, well, we're almost there, you know, like, but you're not there yet. He has not committed to you yet. He has not given himself fully as you're speaking, Emma, with the faithfulness and the commitment and the promise to be there under the covenant of God you are not there yet. And so just be patient, give it time. And and as Jesse walked through that, because I know pornography is such a struggle, he spoke openly with the people that he trusted. He was repentant and he was honest, and it really helped him to fight through to where that is not, praise the Lord, a struggle anymore. But it can manifest, as you're saying, Emma, into a lot of different aspects when we let it. The temptation is not the bad thing. The temptation is a sweet thing it is just done the right way. And you can do that through Christ's strength and through accountability and consistency. And one of the things that I say most often that is like the sweetest gift is that our lack of intimacy in our relationship really helped to build up our emotional and mental and intellectual connection because we didn't rely on that intimacy, which especially when you're dating can be really, for me when I was not a believer, It was like, if I don't have something to talk about or we don't, I don't know, if we're bored or we're fighting, like intimacy is just the answer. And then communication is lacking and intellectual stimulation is lacking. And with Jesse and I, you know, we were forced because that intimacy was not there to like just talk and talk and talk and talk. And I I believe that that is the strength of our marriage now because God allowed us and gave us the ability to be obedient in that. And now we're able to balance both of them, but it wasn't lacking, if that makes sense, during that time, because we didn't rely on that as a crutch. Yes. Yes. And I I think something me and Josh have said is 
after like while we were on our honeymoon, something that I thought was so fascinating was there was such a comfortability and it was such a like there was no shame at all. And I told Josh, I was like, if we were doing what we're doing now last week, this would be filled with chaos and tears and shame and regret and remorse. And we're doing it now. And it's so filled with peace. It's so filled with like, like, of course, there's a little bit of uncomfortability because it's so vulnerable and it's new, but it's so sweet. And we were talking about how it really is so cool that if you go against God's way, you're proving that His way is best. And if you go God's way, you're proving that His way is best. Like no matter how you go about your relationships, you're proving that God really does know what He's talking about. Like giving into the temptation before you get married, the follow-up after that is such proof of what God was wanting to protect you from all along. And it's just, you can't live your life without, whether you realize it or not, you can't live your life without being a testimony that God actually knows what he's talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And that it is not a punishment. It is for your greater joy, like you said. And I want to reiterate that because I think a lot of people are like, oh, you have to have that intimate time beforehand. You have to try those things. And from the girl who experienced that outside of marriage, I can say it did not, like you're saying, Emma, it did not bring anything but remorse and the feeling of feeling, like for me, feeling filthy and feeling dirty and used and abused. And though I was committing it just as much, there was no joy. And now within marriage, having something to contrast and compare it to, it is a wildly different experience and more beautiful, pleasurable, enjoyable than anything I had beforehand because I know that it is the right way. And so just to confirm that, because I really love that you're willing to speak on that. So thank you. Oh, of course. I think it's important to speak on it because the world speaks on it a lot but it's not super beneficial. So to have conversations about it and it be rooted in truth and vulnerability, you know, I just think, I hope it helps people to hear from this outlet that there actually is goodness in it and you were made to experience it with your spouse in marriage. So it's just sweet. You all know how passionate I am about serving this community and giving you access to heart-changing biblical content that you can learn from and implement in your own lives. My friends, Bethany and Corey, have been working so hard to get out of $250,000 worth of debt and have learned so much along the way. They share all of what they have learned regarding financial wisdom and stewarding their finances, along with so much other wisdom on their podcast, The Millennial Mission Podcast. You might have heard from them before because we have collaborated together. I interviewed Bethany on the Living Easy Podcast and we had an incredible conversation on motherhood. And you will also hear some of my guest episodes on their podcast. Their goal is to help millennials and young families discover and step into their God-given purposes. Their episodes are encouraging, down to earth, and filled with practical wisdom. Bethany and Corey share real life stories, struggles, and lessons that they are learning along the way. 
They offer amazing tips like how to help your families run more smoothly with implementable systems, how to improve communication within your marriage and family, and my personal favorite, tangible financial tips for millennial couples. They are so passionate about living lives of purpose and raising up the next generation to do the same. I love them and I know you'll love them. They have become dear friends of mine. So take a second to pause this, subscribe to Millennial Mission Podcast before you finish it, and let me know what you've learned and what you gain once you listen. I hope you love it as much as I do. Now let's jump back into today's episode. So I assume you did, and maybe I shouldn't assume, but that you did premarital counseling. Did you do any yes, sort of premarital? Okay. I, love, I think because I love deep conversations <laughs> Me <too>. so much. <laughs> I, that was one of my favorite parts of engagement. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. That's funny that you say that. I really enjoyed it. I thought I was weird for enjoying it so much. I'm all, let's dig into <laughs> well, the nitty gritty. Well, then we're weird together. <laughs> yeah. What were some of the most important conversations or I guess topics that you discussed beforehand that you think everyone should discuss? Of course, we talked about like physical boundaries, but what are some other things that were really crucial and pertinent for preparing for a life together? Yes. Okay. So this is really cool. Our premarital counselors was a couple and we found out about them because there was a time where my parents were really struggling and they went to go see this couple and now they're like lifelong friends. So me and Josh went to go see them down in New Orleans, Louisiana. And before we got there, though, about six months prior to us going, they asked us to write out this paper. And on the paper, we were to answer questions like, what strengths do you believe you bring to the relationship? What weaknesses do you think like you bring to the relationship? What are things from your family that you would like to carry over into this new family you're establishing? And what things from your family do you not want to carry over? And I think one other question was, like, is there anything else that that the Holy Spirit is putting on your heart that you would like to specifically address? And so we wrote out this paper and like our premarital counselors prayed over it and like studied it just to prepare for our time together. And what was so cool to me is that whenever you think of premarital counseling, sometimes you think of, okay, we're going to talk about how many kids we want. We're going to talk about where we're going to live. We're going to talk about finances. We're going to talk about sex. We're going to talk about all of these different things, what family we're staying with for Christmas and what we're staying with. Like, you think about all of those things that are, of course, like, of course you talk about those things. Like, those are important things. But we talked about things that I believe are foundational and they overflow into finances. They overflow into sex. They overflow into kids. And it impacts it all. Our entire premarital counseling time was talking about where are we at with the Lord and how does that overflow into walking in a confidence within yourself because you're confident in the Lord? And of course, with that, we talked about past struggles, relationships with family. We talked about like what we believe our strengths are and what our weaknesses are and like all of those different things because all of that played a role into who we are today and what our walk with the Lord looks like today. Like it was so funny because me and Josh were like, we haven't even really talked about sex. We haven't yeah. even, and we, we eventually did, of course, talk on those things. But I loved that the foundation of it all was, where are you at with the Lord? Like, what have you walked through that brought you to where you are today? And how does that overflow into how you communicate with your spouse? Because 
your walk with the Lord, understanding where you came from that brought you to where you are today, and your communication with your spouse, it's going to overflow into sex. It's going to overflow into finances. It's going to overflow into fan- like time with family and ha- raising kids and all these things. And so while, yes, I would say that all of those things are very important to talk about, I would really like go deep in premarital counseling. Like don't stay surface level because although there were, I cried so much and there were some of the toughest conversations had, but I would not change a single thing about it, but because we talked about things that me and Josh still refer back to today and it overflowing into our budgeting, it's overflowing into sex. It's all of these things that are day-to-day stuff. And I think that that's why I enjoyed premarital counseling so much because we talked about things at the heart level and the roots of stuff that really impacts everything else. Well, and you go deep in premarital because you will go deep in marriage. Everything is magnified in marriage, the good and the hard. And having that solid foundation where you can say, okay, oh my gosh, this looks so messy right now. Like our parenting struggles or our finances and our budget, why is it all so messy? You can step back and say, okay, but what, what is at the root? What is at the core of the issue? But then also we're going back to the fact that we are here, we are married, not to make much of ourselves, not to make much of our children, not to make our children perfect, but to honor the Lord, to steward our money wisely, to honor the Lord, to raise our children up in the way that they should go, to honor the Lord. And going through all of the past experiential kind of situations that you have walked through as a teenager and then that Josh has walked through as a teenager, you're able to come out of that and say, when you see the mess in your marriage, you can say, okay, but wait, I remember Emma told me this and I remember that she walked through this. And so I choose grace and I choose compassion rather than not having those discussions. And then what it really turns into is assuming the worst in one another because you don't know the the history or just the struggle and the sin that you're walking through. So I really love that you share that. Thank you. What would you say are a couple of red flags. So say young girls who are newly maybe walking with the Lord or have been walking with the Lord for a long time and are really, really desirous of getting married and having that husband, and they've met someone that could be a spouse. What would you say are maybe red flags or things to look for that may not be the right answer for these girls? I would honestly say the relationship that he has with the Lord because that's going to overflow into how he honors you. That's going to overflow into how he's a dad one day. That's going to overflow into like how, like the type of friends that he has and who he's surrounding himself with. And so I, I just, whenever I think of red flag, I think of so many things, but they come down to this core thing of how serious are they about their walk with the Lord? Like, even if they are like, like struggling with pornography, like are they surrounding themselves with godly counsel and are they seeking to walk in freedom? Are they seeking to like surrender that for the Lord? What is their heart posture behind what they're doing? Just like how the Lord says that like you will know who belongs to me by their fruit, like the fruit of the spirit. Yes, by their love and their joy and their their pursuit after me. And so I just think be observant of the fruit that is coming from this young man's life because it's going to be reflective of what he truly cares about and the life he's truly serious about living. None of us are perfect, but 
I think that's what screwed up Solomon. If you think about it, like he was the wisest man on earth. And the Lord told him, like, don't go marry women who aren't all about me. Don't go marry women who are living for things other than me. And he did. And he literally fell off the edge of a cliff. He like, it was all messed up. And I think that that's such a it's such a sad, but it's such an accurate picture of what happens whenever we think, oh, like if I, if I date them, then maybe like they'll, I can help them love God more, or I can encourage them in their walk. And what's so important is if you're getting married, you're getting married to somebody to further the kingdom of God. You're getting married to somebody to walk in ministry and to, as you were saying, raise up kids in the way they should go, who love God and are walking in truth. And no matter how desperately you want them to love Jesus because they're really cute. Like that's, <laughs> that's the foundational thing. And I feel like I said so many different things just now, but just that one core red flag is how serious are they about their walk with God? Because if you're talking marriage, that's, that's crucial. And coming off of that, I know that in my time in the church, there was this heavy emphasis on dating and on getting married. And I do have an episode with Kate Warman, you guys, if you want to listen, called Singleness is Not a Disease. And we talk a little bit I about love her. Oh my gosh, she's wonderful. And mm-hmm. I she's so sweet. But we talk about the church's perspective on dating and how we can take a step back to see it clearly because as I mentioned, there was a lot of guidance in my life that was not biblical coming from the church, you know? And so we need to know our Bibles. We need to be aware of God's word ourselves in order to discern what is right from wrong. But while marriage is not the ultimate, because Jesus is the ultimate, Mm -hmm. there is a, a heavy desire. And so sometimes that can lead into rushing into a relationship. What would you say to the girl who maybe is missional dating and her boyfriend is sort of interested in Jesus and is going to church because she goes to church and she thinks that along the line, maybe he'll be saved. Mm, I would want to encourage her in two things. I would want to encourage her that her identity is not found in whether or not she's in a relationship with someone. And if she hears that, she may be thinking, what? Like, that's a pretty heavy statement that my identity is in that. I don't think my identity is in that. And while, yeah, that seems dramatic to say, like, if you were to take away that title of girlfriend, where are you standing? And be honest with yourself. Are you still content? Are you still confident? Are you still like walking in peace? Because the Lord fulfills those things. Like don't lose this confident trust you have in the Lord. And so, yeah, I would just encourage you, like, where is your identity in? Because it was not ever meant to be in whether or not you are a girlfriend. And if that's what you're seeking it to be in, you're going to continue to, as we were talking about way earlier, like, my contentment, that's not the secret of contentment. It's not a relationship with a guy. It's with the Lord. And the second encouragement I would have is like to really take inventory of what you want your future to look like. Like if you do get married one day and you really want a marriage rooted and established in love, you really want a man who, who leads because he's in the word daily and he loves God's word and he loves you and he's leading from that place. And you want to raise kids who have a father who love God and set the example of Christ. And like, if that's really what you want, take an analysis of where you are and are you settling? Like, 
is this really a picture of what you want your future to look like? Do you want to continue to see your husband only go to church because you go? I think it's really helpful to kind of get a 30,000 foot view of what do you want the future to look like? Because when you're in the here and now, it's easy to think like, oh, but I just want it so bad and he's so cute. And if maybe if he just comes to church with me a little longer, it'll look different and it's helpful to kind of cast vision of what do you really want and what does this actually play out to be? That's such a wise answer, Emma. It is wise, wise, wise. (laughs) And I pray that everyone listening takes that to heart and that it is not something that feels maybe like a fleeting piece of advice to you, but that this really is the rest of your life. And when she says, do not settle I think we both can vouch. Like I always tell Jesse, you make me want to be a better person. Spending yes. an hour with you challenges me to be better, to be kinder, to be more gracious, to love God more, to pursue his heart more. And I feel like there are not many people in my life that I can say that about. Though he is fully imperfect and does not always follow the Lord perfectly, neither do I, we still can say that we are both running the same race and toward the same goal and the same finish line. And that is to honor God with our entire lives and to make much of the kingdom and to arrive at the kingdom on our own separately saying, well done, my good and hearing, well done, my good and faithful servant. And so I just encourage that because we see in our culture such a mindset of if it's not working for me, I'm just going to try something else, you know, but this is a covenant under God's law. This is God's heart for you to fight through this. And so do you want the fight to be sweet with the person you can't live without? Or do you want to settle and allow that fight to be excruciatingly hard, ending in a broken marriage, you know, and we really have to ask those hard questions and not to say that, Every marriage that started out with a godly foundation ends the same. That's not the case either. But you can have that assurance in who Jesus is and what He calls you to, to say, Lord, am I doing my due diligence in preparation for my marriage, knowing fully that I am making a choice in obedience to you, knowing that you love me and have good for me, or am I making a a selfish or a fleshly decision because I just want what I want? So I think those are really good questions to ask. As you were sharing that, I like, I have to share this with you. Yes, so, please do. <laughs> oh, I love this conversation so much. Ah, when like right as me and Josh started dating, like we weren't even, I don't think we were even like officially dating yet. He had just asked my dad if he could start dating me, but he hadn't officially asked me. So it was like this sweet in between. <laughs> and I was like meeting with my mentors and just asking for guidance and and I called up one of my mentors who I just love. She's like, I had two mother of the brides because she is in her 50s and literally just got married, but has no kids. And so I was like, I don't know if she'll ever get to be like a mother of, of a bride. And so she's been like a mama to me. Like that's who this woman was or is. And so I called her, was telling her about Josh and um, just asking for advice And she said, Emma, anytime you enter into a relationship, you're going to be sacrificing something, period. Entering into this relationship with Josh, are you sacrificing anything godly? And I think that that's just a great question for all of us to ask ourselves is like, what am I sacrificing? Am I sacrificing 
the goodness that the Lord has for my life and my sacrificing growing in intimacy with the Lord and and my sacrificing opportunities that the Lord has for me because I'm saying yes to this relationship that feels good right now. Or in this case, I was like, you know, I don't think I'm sacrificing anything godly, but I do think I'm going to be sacrificing a lot of fear. And at the time, I didn't really know exactly what that meant. I just knew Josh had a very adventurous spirit. And just in our friendship, he had pushed me out of my comfort zones in ways that were good for me. And so I I knew that it's so healthy. And and man, I could spend a long time talking about how the Lord has stripped away so much fear in my life through my walk with Josh. But that's also something that just came to my mind is a question to on like be honest. Am I sacrificing anything godly by stepping into this relationship? Yeah. I I think the question that we have grown to ask one another with the decisions that we make, Jesse and I in our marriage, in our parenthood, in our career choices, goes back to that. And we just ask, at what cost? So yes, this seems amazing and it seems beautiful and fun and exciting and new or whatever it is, but at what cost? And we'll sit down and we will work through what are the sacrifices? What are the costs of that decision? No matter how simple it might be, everything has a lasting effect, right? And so what are we sacrificing in this decision? And it has really helped us. I mean, we moved across the country because <laughs> we were asking at what cost are we staying here? And we decided, no, we're, we're not willing to sacrifice our family dynamic and our family health for these other things, you know? And so it has just been a really sweet question. And I agree that if you begin asking that and you are honest with yourself within the four walls of your home and you're willing to say what doesn't feel right and to speak that out and to be honest rather than covering it or justifying it, you will feel so much freedom and God will bless that. He will bless your obedience. He will bless your willingness to hear and listen to the Holy Spirit and to respond. So in closing, I want to ask one fun question. What was (laughs) your favorite part of, it's a two-sided question, what was your favorite part of planning your wedding and what would be your number one piece of wedding advice for an upcoming bride? (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, okay. I think I have it. I think I do. So, oh, this is so hard. (laughs) I think I'm just going to pick one of my favorites because I have so many favorite parts of planning my wedding. It was so fun. But one part would definitely be the flowers. I just want to give a shout out to my florist. Her whole business is called Samantha's Garden. And I will give just a brief, you can go to my podcast and find the story behind the flowers. And it's my interview with her. Her whole ministry started by something you would never think a ministry would come from. She had an abortion and walked through lots of tough life. And now they end up naming their baby. Her and her husband named their baby that they had aborted, Samantha. And now this this whole ministry is to honor her and to share her story and to help women. And it's just, it's powerful and beautiful and redemptive. 
And so she's like very purposeful in everything that she does. And she gets her flowers from in from Ecuador. And it's just fabulous. And because she's so intentional and she's such a godly woman, she, whenever I sat down to do my flowers, she had this basically flower dictionary. And she asked me like, what are the words you think of when you think of your relationship with Josh? What are the words you want your marriage to represent? Like these questions. And I shared all those words. And then we went through this flower dictionary and we found flowers that meant these words. So that is so see, cool. And again, I love details. So it was like in my, it was my bread and butter. And if you go and see like my wedding video or any wedding pictures, all of the flowers that you see, like I know what they mean and they were purposely picked. And so that was just something really cool to see how God cares so much about the details. And he let me in on that detail, which is so fun. That is so sweet. I shared it with you, Emma on the podcast that I was a guest on, I shared with you how much I loved your wedding photos. And that's how I found you actually was through, yeah, I don't know. It like popped up and Jesus wanted us to connect and say hi, (laughs) but I saw it and they were so beautiful. So anyone um, who isn't following Emma, go and follow along with her and look at her beautiful wedding photos and video because it's just, it was so pretty and magical. (laughs) Oh, thank you. That's so fun. Oh, and okay. A piece of encouragement or advice that I would give to a girl who is about to step into that wedding planning season or is in it, I would say, enjoy it. It's so simple, but please enjoy it because there's so many things that you could easily get stressed out about. So many things that you could easily get overwhelmed by. But I know that for me, I look back on my wedding planning season and I'm so thankful I don't have to look back and say I stressed my way through it because you only get to do it one time. And something that Josh always encourages me in is like whenever I'm getting overwhelmed by something, it's normally because I'm aware of the things I have to do this for this next whole month. And he's like, Emma, you're looking at this from a 30,000 foot view. What do you have to do right now today? And it brings so much relief because it's like, oh, one day at a time, one task at a time. And so I would just encourage you when you're picking the flowers, don't miss the joy of picking flowers because you know that in two weeks you're having to go pick a venue. Like, enjoy picking the flowers and do it one one day at a time plan one little thing at a time and soak it up because you only get it once I love that I think that flows into everything too doesn't it like just focusing on the now because we miss so much focusing on the future I am 1000% like a future-minded person to where I'm always planning the next best thing and while I get excited for those things I so often miss what's in front of me and miss appreciating what's in front of me. And so I absolutely agree with you. And I think the perspective as well, Emma, of like what you're saying of it is only one day. And I always tell women, your marriage is for a lifetime. Your wedding is one night. Don't forsake your marriage and your preparation for your marriage for the planning of a wedding. It is going to be beautiful and wonderful and appreciate it because it's so sweet, but really invest that time like Emma did in premarital counseling and having those conversations. Don't allow you know, issues with in-laws or preferences of, of guests 
to create strife in your relationship because you will be tested in planning a wedding and bringing families together and all of those things. But allow those tests to grow you and to prune you together and to bring you together rather than tearing you apart because it is one day and your marriage is going to remain. And if you have issues in planning and preparing, those are good things to say, okay, let's work through this. Let's talk through this. These are things that we didn't expect. Use them for good. And remember that, you know, my wedding was kind of crazy and wild. And and I say that because there were just a lot of people and there was a, <laughs> like a lot of kind of drama that was unexpected. And while it kind of haunted me for a little while after, that's a whole another story for another day. But I realized, oh my gosh, I'm focusing on this one day that mostly was beautiful. And I'm focusing on the few things that felt not so beautiful when I have this incredible marriage right now where I like I can just sit in the fact that God has blessed this, whereas with someone else, I may have had a wonderful wedding without some family, family issues, you know, but I wouldn't have the goodness and the sweetness within the relationship because of the work that we put in and the fact that God is at the core. So I loved this conversation, Emma. I just adore you so oh, much. Me too. <laughs> Me too. Thank I want to hug you so bad. I know. I know. We're not too far. Where are you at? Do you say that publicly? Yes. So me and Josh are seniors at Liberty University. So we're currently still in Lynchburg, Virginia. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So we're not too far. Yeah. So maybe we'll do a, a meetup one day or something. That would be so fun. We must. So tell my listeners where they can find you, any resources that you have for them and how they can support you. Oh, yes. So you can follow me on social media on Instagram, either with my name, Emma May McDaniel, or you can find me under first Corinthians 13 underscore love. And also my podcast, the have you heard podcast where you can watch it on YouTube, which also has other special videos along with the podcast, or you can listen to it via Apple or Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts. And my books are beloved and all caps you, and you can find those Anywhere you buy books, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, all the fun things. And yes, be sure and just know that I love you and share share the podcast and the videos and all those things with your people. And I pray it blesses them too. Absolutely. I'm so proud of you, Emma. I'm so proud of all Thank that you've you. accomplished and what God is doing through you. You deserve every bit of it. You are just so authentic and so kind. And I can tell how passionate you are about God's word. And so I'm just very honored to know you, very honored to have the opportunity to speak to you. And if you guys do enjoy this conversation, make sure to tag us, take a screenshot of the episode, let us know what you thought of it, share with a single or engaged friend or family member, tag at Living Easy with Lindsay and at 1 Corinthians 13 underscore love. And we will talk to y'all next Monday. Thank you so much for being here. Bye, Emma. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a second to share the love. The simple act of taking a screenshot of this episode and tagging the Living Easy podcast makes such a huge difference in my little podcasting world. If you were blessed, challenged, or impacted by this conversation, someone else you know might be too. So please feel free to share a little hope and joy with the people that you love. If you haven't already, please take 30 seconds to scroll down from this episode or the podcast homepage on iTunes to give a quick rating and review. This makes a huge difference and helps in getting great guests for future interviews. 
Don't forget to follow along with me on Instagram for encouragement, devotionals, and practical advice on all the life and faith stuff. Love you guys.